Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to have a spirit-filled culture, a culture that is marked by the Spirit of God. We worship one God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one, and we worship God. The Holy Spirit is living and powerful and active, just as that's how, did you know the Holy Spirit is how the Bible is living and powerful and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, is by the Holy Spirit at work in the life of the believer? And I, I think it's interesting because we must be a culture that lives from a place. We must be a group of people uh, collectively that live from a place of complete surrender to the Holy Spirit. We've surrendered our lives to Jesus. We've laid our lives down. Meek and I were talking about this this morning. It's like he says, hate your mother, your father, your wife, your sister, your brother, your children. If you don't hate them, you can't follow me. Wait, what? Jesus, what? And I think, I think it's all or nothing with him. It's all or nothing with Jesus. And, and, and I said my big yes a long time ago. And when I faltered and I flailed around or I've struggled, I always come back to the big yes, which is it is him or nothing. Even when I was trying to figure it out and I didn't know how to do it or, or I'm, I'm, I am struggling or battling to live by the spirit instead of the flesh, he's the big yes. Jesus has to be our biggest yes in our life, period. Bigger than your family. Jesus has to be the big yes. And if we're going to be a culture that is filled with the spirit and with power, we've got to give Jesus our biggest yes. Everything has to be secondary. You can't have any affections that rival Jesus. Now, in order for us to be walking this out in the power of God, in the spirit of God, as we surrender, as we make him Lord, he empowers you to become like him and to walk it out because you can't do it on your own. So he puts you in a family and he empowers you with the Holy Spirit so that you can live like Jesus. Become like him. Think like him, talk like him, act like him, do what he did. Or should I say, do what he does. We need to be a culture that reveals, as I said before, the love and the power of God. Today, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit um, because, um, and we're not going to detail each fruit that's a whole different study altogether. But I want to remind you, the Holy Spirit is your teacher for your character and your calling. He is your comforter, right? 
for your peace so that no matter what is happening around you, you can have peace. No matter what the storm is, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the circumstance is. I mean, we've learned to pray to God about our circumstances more than we've sought his face. Right? Like we want him to fix the circumstance more. And the Holy Spirit is here to say, listen, your circumstance is hard. It is difficult. But here I am in the midst. I am your strong tower. I am the rock on which you will stand. Right? He becomes our comforter and our peace. And then we know that the Holy Spirit is also our empowerment. Because I don't get the privilege of doing miracles. I don't even, I don't have that in me as in my flesh. I am not a miracle worker, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, he prompts me to pray for somebody and suddenly they get healed. That's God and me partnering with his spirit. He empowers us to change lives through a powerful witness. So I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit today. You can find it in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It's up on the board. Um, the rest of the scriptures today, you're going to have to go check out those New King James Bibles that are underneath your seat. We got brand new New King Jimmies, okay, down there. So you're going to want to check those out, all right? Uh, and then we also have all of the NIV Bibles are on the bottom rack of the harvest basket rack there. Uh, take them with you. Take them wherever you want to take them. Leave them wherever you want to leave them. Just start handing them out. Give them away. Amen. All right. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law, no law. Now, the fruit of the Spirit are the direct result of what? The whole, yeah, the Holy Spirit in your life. It's kind of funny, right? The fruit of the Spirit is a result of the Holy Spirit, right, in your life. And I think it's actually really important to remember that because sometimes we try to work really hard at this stuff. We know that the Spirit is at work when we see the fruit being revealed when? Under pressure. It's easy to be good when everything's going good. It's easy to be kind when everybody's nice to you. <laughs> it's easy to be like, of course I'm patient until everything pushes every nerve in your body that says, no, Jesus. It's easy to be self-controlled when you're not tempted. But it's under pressure that we discover what fruit we have and what fruit we don't have. And when circumstances are difficult and all the pressure is on, what comes out? Okay, we're about to get real. Okay. Because listen, we all, listen to, listen to me, we all have more fruit to grow in us. None of us are exempt from today's conversation. Okay? Now, I want to 
You go ahead and grab one of those Bibles. If you have your own Bible, great. Um, If you don't, grab a Bible. If you'd like to use your phone, grab your phone. And there's some words I want you to read in your own context where you can highlight or you can, obviously, if you're note takers, I love it when you take notes. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be today. Okay, Matthew chapter 7. And I want us to look at verses 15 through 23. I'm going to read it in the New King James, so you can read along with me right there. When you get there, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Honestly, like I played this game in school. Amen. 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 Bible dash. Whoa. Got it. Nailed it. All right. All right. Is everybody there? Okay, great. So Matthew 7, 15 says, be aware of false prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. All right, that's section number one. Let's keep reading. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. (laughs) Collective ouch from the whole congregation. Everybody said, ouch. Okay, so... In order to carry a spirit-filled culture, we must walk in a manner that reveals the character of Christ. So we're going to break some of this stuff down today. First thing I want to tell you is that, thankfully, a good tree will bear good fruit. Amen? Good trees bear good fruit. We know that by our character and Christ-likeness that we have good fruit. Love and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all marks of godly character. It means that you carry within you the Spirit of God that supernaturally produces a fruit that's not normal to you. Well, I'm just a happy person. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, if the Spirit of God is in you and He has transformed you from glum to happy, that's probably the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. But sometimes, how many of you can fake happy? Anybody here fake happy? Oh, I got a couple of you put your hands down. We're just going to bless you in Jesus' name. I mean, you know, I love that that in the context of a, tr- of a good tree bearing good fruit, he uses it 
Um, Jesus talks about this tree in the context of false prophets, right? Who come as wolves in sheep's clothing. And they might look good at first. But notice Jesus compares uh, grapes and thorn bushes and figs and thistles. What happens when you squeeze a grape? I was going to do a big like thing and... But I was like, I don't feel like getting that dirty today, okay? Especially with the figs, you know? But what happens? Like the juice comes out, right? You, the aroma comes out, actually. Like you squeeze good. Like suddenly you can smell it. You can, you can even, like if you're really, if you really like it, you might even have like a, a memory taste, right? Like you squeeze the fig, you're going to smell it, right? You're going to have that, that, you're going to have an encounter with it, and you'll know what it is, Right? Now, if you squeeze a thorn bush or a thistle, it's just going to hurt. Amen? Amen. Let me just say this. We will not appoint people to positions of influence until we seize what comes out when they get squeezed. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. <sighs> mm. I can't even look him in the eye. All right. That was great, Tim. Um, the point is this that pressure tests our character. And you'll know the false prophet because they will not carry the character of God when they're pressed. They might get all the words right. Now, this doesn't mean that somebody is immature. This is not talking about immaturity. Let me be clear. A false prophet isn't an immature prophet. Because an immature prophet... Hopefully, if they get it wrong, is able to be corrected. If they can't be corrected, now we got to deal with this other issue. Why are you here? What are you doing? <laughs> because there's something else going on. And it might be an immaturity. They've never been, they don't know how to take correction. They've never been there. They need to learn how to do it. Okay, great. Are they willing to learn? Because if you're willing to learn, that's actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know what's amazing about this is that when it talks about Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of those marks make you teachable. It makes you teachable. Can people teach you? Can you learn and be corrected from somebody? I got a call from a pastor this week kind of beside themselves going, I got this guy who just like, he keeps trying to correct me everywhere I go, but anytime anybody says anything, he won't be corrected. And I said, well, does he have influence? Well, yeah, he kind of does. I said, well, you need to actually have someone who's considered, give you a little, bit, little, little, little strategy, have somebody who's considered a peer come alongside because they can't hear anything from authority because they have father wounds. They actually have an orphan spirit, so they can't receive from anybody with authority. So, so a peer needs to come alongside and bring the correction. Right? Because they'll listen to somebody who they consider to be a peer far more than they're going to hear it from somebody who's above them. See, God will give us the wisdom to help break off whatever's going on. 
We don't write people off here. Somebody say amen. amen. We don't do it. We won't do it. We won't do it. The only people that write themselves off, <laughs> right? That's, that's hard when they do that, but it, it happens from time to time where they choose not to come into agreement or alignment with what the will of God is for their life. It's not about any single person's authority. It's about them and Jesus. Amen? Good. I'm glad that's clear. Um, let me just say this as well. You know, what, you know what kind of fruit you have when you're squeezed? And there's lots of ways we get squeezed. Um, but let me, just, let me just say that when the good things come out under pressure, I want to celebrate that. I actually want to celebrate when you were tempted to do the old thing and then you said, nope, I'm not going to do it. I love hearing that story. Like, wait, you did what? What what'd you do, Mike? You threw away your pack of cigarettes? Celebrate. Celebrate. Praise God. God's inviting him into a higher level of purity in every aspect of his life. And he said, yes. Began to pursue it. Made a decision. Come on. That's a fruit of the spirit. I mean, you can only willpower that kind of stuff so long. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> so I just want you to know that, that we do really want to pay attention to how we are um, with each other when it comes to authority. Um, there has to be a willful cooperation for your benefit. Um, I, this, is all, this is all on the side, but one of the things that's interesting is when, when we have people that are willing to speak into our lives things that we don't want to hear, almost always it's probably because we need to hear it. It's not just because they're stupid or judgmental or religious or whatever other title you want to give that person who loves you enough to say a hard thing. Okay, are you guys good? Amen, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Whoop, whoop. All right. Good trees bear good fruit. Now, here's the one thing that, that I want to remind everybody. Charisma or the gifts without character leads to chaos. Gifting without the fruit. Gifts without the fruit of the Spirit will lead people astray. Charisma is the signs, wonders, miracles. This is the gifts. This is the, the word gift is charisma. And the root word is charis, which is grace. It is a grace-given gift on your life. And the Holy Spirit will pour out gifts. But His gifts are not revocable. You can't do anything about it. He's going to give it to you. You get to choose what you do with the gifts that God gives you. Have you ever heard of a false teacher? That's a gift to teach. Did you know it's an actual gift of the Spirit to be a teacher? But if it's a gift, how could it be false? Because God says very clearly that the gifts that we have are subject to us. We can use the gift 
however we choose to use the gift. It's interesting. Some people are like, they think that like, if you've never spoken in tongues, people will often think that like the spirit just comes on you and all of a sudden you're just like, I have have a Nazarene friend who goes, calls it the shabba-dabba-doo. Yeah, you guys shabba dabba do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Lord. But it, you don't, like, it comes welling out of you. It's great. Like, there's times I remember John tried talking in English for about 20 minutes and couldn't even do that. Right? Spirit took him over for a while. He's walking around his house. He's, he's you know, talking Korean with everybody. It was amazing. But, what, but the reality is that that gift is subject to John. John can use that gift whenever he chooses to use that gift. Same with the gift of faith. Same with the gift of interpreting tongues. Same with the gift of the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. And you know, it's going to be really fun because these are all parts of a healthy, spirit-filled culture. So we're going to dive into all the goodies in the next six weeks. Okay, you guys good with that? All right, but what we're talking about today is the fruit. If you have the gifts and you lack the character, you're going to lead people astray. If you have the gifts and you don't have the character, you're going to hurt people. I am very excited when I see people getting breakthroughs in intimacy with God and encountering God in, in, in learning how to do the will of God. I get nervous when people forget about character because they're pursuing their gifting. If somebody that I'm mentoring is so jazzed about healing, but they don't care about the white lie they told... If they're not telling me the whole truth and I catch them not telling me, like, the Spirit's really good. Ask my adult children. Okay. Okay, Bailey came home one day and she's like, uh, I just have to just deal with this because I know if I walk in the door, my dad's going to know. The Spirit's really good. So if, if, you're, if that doesn't bother you, that you were misleading if it doesn't bother you that you actually didn't exercise any self-control and you blamed it on God, come on now, don't act like that's a shocker. I mean, <laughs> okay, so imagine, imagine like I just want to be real about this because this is so critical. That moment where you felt like God probably didn't want you to do that, but then you thought about it and you went and you did the thing and then you found a really good reason why God probably wanted you to do it. You, you put Jesus over it after the disobedience and then you say, God, why didn't you bless that? Because I did it in your name. Does that remind you of a passage of scripture that we just read? Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name. And he's like, I didn't ask you to. Because there's this place that we can get where we lose character. We lose our character. And if you can't be corrected when you miss it with your character, that I don't want your gift moving. 
Are we okay? Look, guys, I cannot tell you enough. Like in the Christian life, we cannot lose sight that our character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Learning how to love well matters. Being gentle matters. Sometimes you got to remind me to be gentle when I'm preaching. But being gentle matters. Self-control matters. And it's easy to blame it on some other thing. Character is God's fruit revealed through intimacy that allows you to do the will of God. Character is God's fruit revealed through intimacy that allows you to do the will of God. If you are without the fruit of the Spirit, I will just tell you, you're either in the Spirit or in the flesh. We wish that there was a middle ground where I'm just floating and I'm not in the Spirit, I'm not in the flesh, I'm in neutral. It doesn't exist in Scripture. There's no neutral in Scripture. So when you are in the flesh, you no longer live a life to please God. You live a life to please your flesh. Even with the best intentions, you end up producing the fruit of the flesh. Now, what's really interesting about intentionality is that so many of us will say, well, see, God doesn't judge the outward appearance. He judges the heart. And since God judges the heart, my motives and my intention are really the most important thing. I mean to do well. I might not get it right all the time, but I really mean to do well. And my intentions are good. Since my intentions are good, God's got tons of grace for me and I can, it's going to be okay. Let me just say this. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Chaos means that you are practicing lawlessness. You can have the best intentions and get it all wrong. Are you guys okay? It's a little heavy this morning. All right, you just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Okay. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't mess this up. It doesn't matter how bad it's been or what your motives have been like or how maybe you've ignored God because you blamed your motive. You thought your motives were good enough. Listen, we are all in this together this morning. Amen? Okay. Now, what I want to say about this is Practicing lawlessness is about disregarding the manner of living that Christ clearly proclaims that we should live as his sons. Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Practicing lawlessness is about disregarding the manner of living that Christ clearly proclaims that we should live as his sons. Um, so let me, let me say this. Um, there's a really pernicious thing that I see happening in the body of Christ right now. And it is, it is that there's a highlight. I think their spirit is doing a thing, 
but then the enemy is running right alongside trying to pull people astray. Are you guys? So what it is that I'm seeing is that there's an enamoring, uh, um, a, a God is, is waking us up to a better understanding of what it means to abide by his law. What I'm also seeing is an infatuation with thinking that obeying the law is going to earn you more favor, or it's going to earn you a better place, or it's going to cause you to be more spiritual. It's pernicious and it's evil. Now, unfortunately... I've had like probably seven conversations with people who are like, the law, the law, the law, the law, the law. And I'm like, all right, what, okay, God, what are you saying? Right? Because there's a difference between discernment and judgment. Discernment says, God, what are you doing? Judgment says, I don't like that. You must be blah, blah, blah. So I'm asking the Lord, God, what are you doing with that? And he says, I'm awakening, I'm awakening people to live a lifestyle that is fully set apart and dedicated to me in this season. I'm okay if they want to participate in my feasts. I'm okay if they want to honor the Sabbath. I'm okay if they want to do portions of that because I'm drawing them into deeper intimacy so that their lives are changed. I'm great with that. Thank you, Lord. Praise God, because I think he, in, the, in the revelation of people going, wow, God finds this stuff really important that he would kill people over it in the Old Testament. I might want to pay attention to the things that God's like willing to murder people over. I should probably pay attention to that. Now, listen, anytime that you remove the tension of grace, when it comes to the law, you start getting out of alignment. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, right? But now we need to define what sin is. And this is where I think it's getting tricky for people, right? The law gave us an example that Christ fulfilled and we get to live in the law of liberty and freedom, right? Because the law actually created bondage. And because the law created bondage, now what we get is freedom from having to do all the things in order to be okay with God. And yet, Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you, because you practice lawlessness. What he's talking about is not about like you didn't pertain to the Sabbath or you didn't do the thing that I told you to do or in the, in the Old Testament, what he's talking about is you are not listening to my voice and obeying me. You are that because that's, that's righteousness and holiness right there is hearing and doing. And if so, there's a lot of freedom in Christ that if Linus feels led that God tells her, I need you to keep the feast this year. It's a sin for her not to. There's a bunch of um, Old Testament feasts 
in the law that, that he told us to keep. So if she felt like she needed to do that, what's wrong for Linus is to tell somebody else, if you don't do it, you're in sin. See, because we're free. We're free. Say, I'm free. I'm free. So guess what? You might change your tune on a practice that you've practiced for years spiritually. And God says that needs to be done right now. And then you cut it out. And then you're like, okay, I'm done with it. And people go, why'd you do that? I mean, I'll just say like, Charlene, you got rid of a necklace one time right? Really important necklace to you, but you just felt like the Lord. She didn't walk around telling her, you got to get rid of your necklace, John. You got to get rid of your necklace. You got to do that. I did it, so you need to do it. That's the wrong spirit, okay? But we need to be tuned in to what God's asking us to do. So I am not opposed to people going back and practicing old practices and that stuff, but we don't impose it and we only do it out of obedience because the Spirit of God tells us to do it. Are you okay with that? All right. I felt like I needed to deal with that. Radical obedience to the Holy Spirit is how we are to live. Amen? So when you've got your gifts without character is chaos. When you have your gifts with great character, right? You have charisma with character. You celebrate. Because it's divine order released everywhere. Everything is in order. Everything is in its right place. And God moves in power. We could call that also revival. Because listen, if you are radically obedient and you are fulfilling the will of God and your character matches your gifts and those things like the Lord is moving with you, in you, in purity and in power, it is powerful and it changes people's lives. Are you guys okay? All right. All right, next, fruit is a mark of sonship. I, I was kind of um, thinking about this phrase, I never knew you. I was like, wow, I never, I never knew you? I never knew you? And of course, you know, I'm reminded of this passage in John 10, right? John 10, 27, right, that says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you know what it doesn't say? My sheep hear my voice and they do the law. It says my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Have you heard his voice today? Has the Holy Spirit spoken unto your heart? Has he maybe prompted you to change something? Maybe he's prompted you to make a correction or a fix because he disciplines his sons. He brings correction to his children, right? In Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, say led by the Spirit. Spirit. These are sons of God. 
For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we get squeezed with him or suffer with him. If indeed we get squeezed, right? Like the fruit, right? If indeed... You know, we end up, you know, being a pack of Charmin. Um, sorry. The fruit of the Spirit reveals that you are a son. Notice that you can exert effort to try and do all of the fruit. You can exert effort to try and do all the fruit. Um, you can really try to be patient Oh, I'm sorry, try to love, try to have joy. You can try to find peace. You can try to be patient. You can try to be kind. You can try to be good. You can try to be faithful. You can try to be gentle. You can try to exert some self-control. And yet without the Holy Spirit producing these, you will get burnt out, feel overwhelmed, be racked with shame and guilt when you fail. When you are a son, your performance is secondary because your performance doesn't tell you who you are. The performance, whether or not you get it all right, doesn't tell you who you are. Who you are is who God says you are because he's adopted you as a son. And the sheep hear his voice. So we hear him and he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. He tells us to come and lay everything down to him. And as we lay it down to him, he is given the opportunity to heal, to transform, to change, to produce something amazing. It's not about getting it all right. It is about knowing the one who makes it all right. What's really beautiful is that if you fail, oh, there is an advocate there is, a, there is Jesus standing before the Father to plead your case because of the blood that he shed. You don't even get to defend yourself in the court of heaven. <sighs> Amen. That should bring sweet relief. One of the realities of Knowing that you're a son is that you are led by the Spirit and you produce the fruit of the Spirit. I love it. I, I had somebody come up to me just a little while ago and they said, Chris, you won't believe it. I was in this situation that I've been in a hundred times and I always respond the same way, but I didn't this time. Something changed. That's the fruit of the Spirit. We celebrate that, right? Every win, every victory. We say amen, hallelujah. This is amazing, okay? Now, Jesus is clear that the, the fruit reveals who you are of. The fruit reveals who you are of. Are you of him or are you of yourself? The fruit means that you are of the Spirit and a Son of God. 
We look at godly fruit and character as the marker of maturity. Can I just tell you, we look at your godly character as a mark of your maturity, not your spiritual gifts. Now you hopefully can operate with more power and a little bit more ease the more you use your gifts and the more your character is refined. I know that to be true. I hear much clearer today from the Lord than I did 10 years ago. Oh my goodness. I look back and I go, whew. You know, I, I, I took off about seven years of sermons off the website. No, you, you do not mourn. Do not mourn that. Because it was so, like, like the heart was good, but it was riddled with performance. It was riddled with, do this to get that. Talk about a control problem. I'm trying to control the behavior of the people in order to see God's fruit happen. That's dangerous. And I didn't even see it. And it's just like under the surface. And, you know, I got good friends like Kevin. He's like, yeah, it might be a little controlling. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, when I was really, really, um, it's confession time. I feel the need. Um, but when I was first starting in ministry, I had some leaders that came alongside me. And they said, hey, we think that you're, they had made some assumptions about what I was doing. And so because they assumed the wrong things, I threw the baby out with the bathwater. But they were actually trying to point at a thing that they could see. And I threw, like, they, they tried to correct something that they saw, but they didn't have the whole story. So the context was wrong, but the principle that they had was right. Oh, well, I'm glad. I, I'm, I thank you, Pamela. I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate the encouragement. The reality is that God had to take me through a process of discipline to hone my character. Does anybody else have to go through that? Where God has to actually like unwind some of the things that I've wound, right? He's got to go through it and, and shake it up a little bit and say, listen, that thing that you think you got, you don't got, shuka, 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 shuka. And I go, oh, look at all the stuff falling out. You know, praise God. Praise God. So I actually took all those sermons offline because I, I listened to like seven or eight just to be like, huh, you know, it's like it was when I was on my leave and I was thinking about coming back and I wasn't sure if I was going to come back, to be honest, and we're, we're thinking about it and I'm watching my own sermons and like God had done so much healing that I'm like, <gasps> like it's good, but it's not good. So... I'm very grateful to stand up here and not tell you A plus B equals C as it pertains to the move of God in your life. There's really, really, it's just about repentance. <laughs> Asking for God to come in. 
Like God, just I just need him. Pursuing presence, pursuing his presence, pursuing him to work in you. Just seek him. Just seek him. He'll tell you what to do. He'll have you change something. He'll make you do something different. There's no magical formula to walking in favor. We just seek God. We just come after him. This is why, like, I love that new song. Like, worthy you were, worthy you are, worthy you will be forever, Yahweh. Like, it's like, no, he's just worthy of my praise. And, and, and any fruit that comes into my life is because I am desperate to get to know him. I am desperate for him to be in me. I am desperate to encounter his presence. If that's all, if there's any formula, seek God. Pursue him. You want the fruit in your life? Pursue God. Pursue him. Pursue him. Our ability to become like Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, with the internal work of the Spirit, producing his fruit in us comes because we're pursuing him. God, I want to know you. If I'm more interested in what I can do for God, he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. I want to know him in his glory. God longs to partner with us to fulfill our destiny because he has given us good works to do. He has. The Holy Spirit fruit will reveal your calling, not your gift. Can I just like, can I just say your gift isn't your calling? Your gift is part of how you fulfill your calling. Your calling, it's revealed as he produces your character. And as you seek him, he will begin to, as you become more like him, all the, the stuff that prevents you from doing the things that God has you to do start to fall off of you. And as they fall off, as you go through a process, you say, God, I'm going to seek your face. As that stuff happens, suddenly we are propelled into our calling. God will divinely set it up for you. You will have opportunities to humble yourself, to get training. You'll have opportunities to serve the unlovable. You'll have opportunities to do the unthinkable things that you never thought you'd ever be able to do. Some of you who are afraid of being on the platform might be called to preach. It's a stronghold of the devil to keep you off the platform. But as you pursue God, I know I just messed with a bunch of people just now. Hallelujah. So the, the, the reality is that you're, as you become more like Christ, as the fruit of the Spirit is revealed in you, your calling is revealed as well. God doesn't want you to go into your calling and crash and burn because your character can't carry it. I had a conversation with a young man a uh, while ago. And he's like, yeah, I really feel like I'm called. Da, 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 da. Like excited. I'm called. I'm called. Awesome. That's great. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm just going to go do it. Well, hang on. 
You can't keep an appointment with me. How are you going to fulfill that? Character. Are you guys with me? So as your character develops, you can now carry the weight of what God wants to give you. So the fruit of the Spirit will actually propel you into your calling. The fruit of the Spirit is a direct result of intimacy with God. Are we doing okay? Praise the Lord. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, I absolutely have, a couple lessons that I've learned in the past few years. One is, um, I'm not going to hesitate to confront a character issue in somebody's heart. Because if I don't address a character issue up front, it usually creates a bigger problem later. And I've done it too often when I was fearful of man and I was afraid of blowback or hurting somebody's feelings or it not being received well. Anybody else ever have that problem in hard conversations? Okay. So, you know, I was so afraid that I was unwilling to say, hey, we need to address this issue because I'm deeply concerned about your health and welfare in your walk with Jesus. And if I don't address those things, what I find is that the enemy begins to try and work division, disunity, all types of weird stuff starts to happen. And I'm like, uh, what? Like, uh, and I, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, well, I'm trying to be gracious. But not everybody has a role of a shepherd, right? And so those of us who are shepherds, are going to be willing to have loving conversations about character. Why? It's for the sake of the whole body that you're made whole. And it is for your sake that you grow to be the man and the woman of God that he's called you to be. Now, There are many things that happen that we just ignore because we pray. And God says, I got this one. And we say, oh, okay, he's got it. Right, Kevin? A lot of things that we're just like, oh, I don't even need to say anything. God's got that. But the minute that he prompts us to have a conversation, we will have it. In love, in gentleness, asking a lot of questions because maybe we don't have all the context. That's usually the problem. I don't understand what's going on. I saw that happen. What was that? Ooh, I didn't like that. What was that? Are you guys with me? Guys, we have, are we, God has called us to bring a revival to this region. It's bigger, it's bigger, it's bigger. The fruit of what God wants to do in you is going to look like, I don't know, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's going to look like that. But the outworking 
is people will know that you are not a normal Christian. You are not a normal human. You are not of this world. You are made of spirit. Amen. Let's take a moment to let the Holy Spirit transform us, right? From the inside out. No more striving to try and get it right. It must come from the Spirit alive in us, working in us. So uh, go ahead and stand with me. We're going to close in some prayer. Was this all right today? Guys, all right? Um, so with this, what I want to do right now is for anybody here that is concerned about the depart from me, Lord, Lord, look, God saying, you know, saying, Lord, Lord, we did all this in your name. He says, depart from me. I ever knew you. If that, if that concept of depart from me, I never knew you, um, actually like sparks some anxiety or worry or like, ah, maybe that's me. Then I, I just want to pray for you right now. Okay. So, um, if that was you, I'm not asking for a hand raise or anything like that, but what I want you to do right now is listen very closely. And I want you to do this. The father loves you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. And he wants to know you deeply and intimately. If for any reason you are afraid that you don't know him, then we just say, God, I come to you right now. And I say, come and fill me. I give my life to you, Jesus. Come and fill me. I give my life fully to you. There will be no more second place to you, Jesus. There's going to be nothing else that compares to you. Nothing that's in second place will take first place again. We give our life fully to you, Jesus. Now, what I want to do is, is uh, and, and we just bless that. We just bless that God is going to continue to move in you and touch you. Now, each of us need an upgrade in the fruit. Each of us need an upgrade in the spirit changing power in our lives. So right where you're at, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. Ask the Holy Spirit to come fill you up to produce his fruit. God, we're asking that you come and fill us and produce your fruit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and fill us and produce your good fruit in us, that Christ-like character. Come produce Christ-like character in me. Father, forgive me for when I've made excuses for my bad decisions or I've, I've blamed you, God, for my problems. Father, forgive me for that. I ask God that you would wipe my slate clean. Father, I repent for trying to be holy in my own power, for trying to bear the fruit of Jesus in striving in my own power. God, I ask that you would forgive me. God, I repent and I turn the other direction. I say no to the flesh and I say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you come and fill me to overflow? Fill me to overflow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I want to look like you. I want to smell like you. I want to talk like you. I want to do what you did. I want to do what you do. God, I'm asking that you fill me so that I might look like you. Fill me, God, so that I can be like you. Not just a better version of myself. God, I want to look like you. Holy Spirit, come and fill me.
Just begin to ask him right now, right where you're at. You can do it as loud as you want. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me to overflow this morning. Fill me to overflow that I might know your word, that I might know your voice, that God, when you whisper, I can hear it. God, I'm asking that you fill me right now so that I can know and understand and see what you're doing in the spiritual realm. God, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know what you feel. I want to know how you think. Spirit of God, come and fill me. I want to know how to read the scriptures and have it transform my life. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. I want to understand the revelation of the law so well, God, that I live in freedom. God, come and fill me. I want to understand the revelation of grace so well that no matter what happens, I will never be bound to sin again. Come and fill me. And Father, we repent for those repetitive sins that keep entangling us. And we repent of those, 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 that lack of fruit in our lives. God, when we have been not operating in the fruit of the Spirit, but in our flesh. And then we wonder where you went. Father God, we repent. We ask God for your fruit to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you just give every single person in here wisdom on what to say, when to say it, that their mouths would be coated with honey, that God, it would be that that as they speak out your word, it would be sweet to those around them. Father, that, that you would, as they reveal your character and as they live and, and work like you, God, that they would have a passion in their voice for the lost that transforms the world around them. That when people see that they don't respond and react like the world does, that they are radically different, God, I pray that they would be bold to say it is the Holy Spirit that is changing and producing fruit in my life because I love Jesus and I know my shepherd. Father, I thank you so much for what you've done in this place today. I just, I just believe, God, that the deep roots are going deeper that the soil's been churned and those even some of us have a little bit of fresh seeds that are just starting to grow roots. We just thank you, God, that you are watering the garden of our heart right now. And we thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that we can never earn more grace. I thank you that we can never earn more Christ-likeness. All we can do is come near you. All we can do is spend time with you. Forgive us for putting that on the back burner too, God. We just commit afresh today just to get more time with you because you're beautiful and you're wonderful and you are the best thing that I could ever ask for. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 So there are some Sundays where I come in a little corrective, a little. 
Um, let me just tell you this. I often, please do not think I'm calling any one person out. I'm not. I see things happening in the region. I see things happening in the spirit. And then I'll start noticing it here. And I notice here, and I'm like, fool me once, fool me twice. Uh, uh, I'm not, nope, God's speaking about something. And oftentimes I'm actually speaking to the region. I'm speaking to the atmosphere around here, right? And sometimes I've got to correct the thing because when it's spoken out, it actually puts angels on assignment to go get some things done. So this is not about me thinking that this place isn't full of the fruit of the spirit or that we all need correction or that. But listen, I'm telling you, there is more going on than meets the eye. This is a spiritual battle because revival is on its way. And, And because of that, we have to fight together. So can we do one more thing before we're done? I'm going to ask a couple of you prayer warriors. I want you to come on the mic and I want you to pray over this region because God wants to break through. He wants to break through the hardness of hearts. But it's not just about me praying. I need some of you to come pray. Okay? So who's who's the who's the first lucky bold one? Oh. Jennifer. Come pray please. Do you guys like the spring decorations? I felt like you got to just whatever. Have at it. I think public prayer is my least comfortable thing. (laughs) Amen. Come Holy Spirit, let your peace come. So I receive that peace. Yeah, thank you, God. And I break off any insecurity that I have regarding (laughs) praying publicly. Because I do have a heart for prayer. Yes. And I just believe in simple prayer because it comes right from your heart. And that's what matters. So, Father God, we pray over this region. We pray over the hearts in this region. We know so many people that live in North Idaho. They love you. But there is definitely a religious spirit in this place that we bind in the name of Jesus. We break that religious spirit off of the hearts and minds of the people in this territory. The people in this territory are called. They're called to serve you, and they're called to lead revival that will spread throughout our nation and our planet. So, Lord, let us come to you. Let us come to you with open hearts, full of the fruit of the Spirit, willing to serve you in any capacity that you may call us to. Lord, let your spirit come down upon us so heavy that your fruit is abundant. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is alive and growing inside of us. Let us water it with your word. And let it bring forth an abundant harvest in souls, 
and in service to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, that was awesome. Amen. Amen. Who else? Who else wants to pray over the region? Come on. Thank you, Kim. Lord, today we declare that we are your church. We are your body. And we are not going to operate on our own anymore. We're going to listen to you, Lord. And we are going to empower the angels to get out there and break off this spirit that has caused this heaviness over this region. The, the hand that we saw in prayer this morning, Lord, let it be your hand grabbing that cloud, that cloud of confusion. We break that off right now, that cloud of anger and fear, Lord, that you're not doing anything. I come against that lie right now. And I just pray, Lord, that those of us who do know you will pull us, us believers aside together. And as one army, we will go out and we will find those that need truth. We will speak your words, Lord, not ours. We will speak your truth. We will speak what we hear you speak. We will do what we see you do. We will no longer presume, Lord, that we know what we're talking about. Lord, I just pray that that spirit of religion is broken off. Lord, I pray that they see love and not conviction, that they see love and purity and not what we are trying to make ourselves holy as. The people that are judgmental, help them to have that veil removed from their eyes, Lord. I pray that there is a freedom, but that people understand what the freedom is. It is from fear. It is from the lack of a hope. The lack of knowing that there's a future and that it's not a future of death and, I don't know why, but dismemberment. Okay, we are going to be whole. Yes, we want to bring all the members in, Lord, and you know who they are. I pray and I empower each and every one of us here to open our mouths as you reveal who needs to be invited into your presence, Lord. And I pray that each one of us is given that Holy Spirit boldness to go and ask them and invite them and Lord that you would start taking over lives and hearts and we do it all for you Lord for your glory and for you to be the king of this region we put you on the throne Lord forever and always amen come on come on amen amen that's so good so good. Great. One more. It is, it is no coincidence. I'm just going to call something out. It's no coincidence that we had three women come up and pray. 
um, because part of the religious spirit is to push down the voice of women in the church. Um, and the religious spirit over this region likes to do that. Um, not here, but in this region. Um, and then um, one other thing that is interesting um, about this is that um, there is um, something really powerful about Jennifer and Kim praying because I think that's the first time both of you have ever come up and prayed on the mic. Am I correct? So, so you guys are actually a first fruits of breakthrough in the region. And then mama going to come up and pray over everybody. Father, you said to ask for our kingdom to come, our will to be, your will to be done. And so we say, we stand together as a body here, and we say, kingdom of God, come to North Idaho. Will of God be done in North Idaho now, now, now as it is in heaven. You said if we draw close to you, you would draw close to us. God, we have, we have drawn close to you today, and thank you. Thank you that because of how we've drawn close to you today, you've come close to North come Idaho. On. Yeah. You've come close to North Idaho. Come on. You've come close and you're here. Amen. And so we just thank you that you are establishing the mm. beachhead mm -hmm. here today, here today for North Idaho. Thank you, Lord, that you are going into every single household. You are going into every single life. There's not one man, woman, or child that is beyond reach. There's no man, woman, or child that has gone too far. And we just say to condemnation, to shame, to guilt, you're out of here now in Jesus' name. You're out of here now in Jesus' name. And we say to every form of addiction, you're out of here yes. now in yes. Jesus' name. You have no place yes. in North Idaho. You have no place here any longer. Yes. And we command you gone in the name of Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Father. And we just come against the spirit of, of um, immorality. Yep. Immorality, you have to go. You have to go. You have to let the men, women, and children go in yes, Jesus' Lord. name. Yes, Lord. Come on. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Oh, man. I think I... Um, Got something right in the middle of all that was that the reason why there's an enamored, uh, people are being enamored with the law is because it's like the last gasp of the religious spirit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's got to go. It's got to go. Awesome. Um, say hi to one another. Bless each other. Bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.